Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast. It is coast to coast. It is border to border. It is tune in iTunes, real loyalty. Find us online, jiggyjaguar.us. Also, find us in the app stores or 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well. Thanks for joining us today here on our big program. We have got a fantastic new marketing partner we want to tell you about here at Transmedia Worldwide. Before we get to our next guest, who's going to join us here in just a few moments, we want to tell you about netcurrencyindex.com. These folks are absolutely amazing. The latest market news and updates are available at Net Currency Index. The Cryptocurrency Index Benchmark. Uh, you can get all the best from all the stages of cryptocurrency markets. You can earn in full automated way from all related blockchain and high-tech industry sectors by the world's first revolutionary and visionary index, the ETF Plus, and the dividend coin in best secured and low-risk way. Get the boost. By monthly paid dividends from our cryptocurrency arbitrage trading. Check out netcurrencyindex.com. That's netcurrencyindex.com. They've got all the different information over there. You can register and get more information over there at netcurrencyindex.com. That's N-E-T-C-U-R-R-E-N-C-Y index.com. Uh, that's netcurrencyindex.com. And tell them, you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get to our next guest here on our big program. We are going to go to our first guest today here on our moving broadcast. Of course, everybody knows we're going to be moving to Tennessee here pretty soon. And uh, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to get ready. We're going to move out there to Tennessee. I'm going to get in Tennessee state of mind. Oh, daddy. Moving to Tennessee. I'm coming. I'm coming out there to be a daddy. I'm going to be a daddy in Tennessee. I'm going to be a daddy. Okay, I'm going to be doing that. And uh, in order for me to do that, we've got to have uh, some guests. And we are going to go to our first guest here on our big program. Get a hold of us, coast to coast, border to border. Get us on the tune in. Get us on the iTunes. And we are going to go to our first guest, Sean Patrick Traver, here in just a few moments. He's going to join us. Hopefully. Hopefully he joins us. We're calling him a little early. But uh, hopefully we can get him in here. Get him locked and get him loaded. Of course, we're packing it up and we're moving to Tennessee. We're going to be moving to Tennessee here very soon. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Eight, one... Eight two two four nine three four six is not available. 
At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press, press 5. Sean, it's James Lowe giving you a call for your radio interview. My number is 620-402-0878. That's 620-402-0878. Thank you, sir. So, Sean Patrick Traver, not there. And uh, we are going to give him a little bit of time to give us a holla holla. As they say. I don't know who's saying it. I don't know why they're in, indeed saying it. But, uh, what in the world is this? How come that's 21 seconds long? What? What? Why is that 21 seconds long? That ain't no 21 seconds long. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. As they say. I don't know who the come on man is, and I don't know what the come on is. What is the come on here? What kind of come on are you trying to put on me? I remember that old uh that old phrase my grandmother used to say, What kind of a come on is this? <laughs> that sounds like a come on. <laughs> Just I don't I don't know, man. I'm I'm cracking up here. Because we're packing it up. I'm moving to Tennessee, Daddy. We're going to get it in. We're going to go out there and we're going to get it in, my man. We're coming to get you. We're coming to Tennessee to find you, baby. Right now, we'll just do this one. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast. It is coast to coast. It is border to border. It is TuneIn iTunes. Radio loyalty. iHeartRadio today. Also, AMFM247.com. And we've got one of our good friends on the telephone, Chris Jasper, formerly of the Isley Brothers. He is producing music. He has been doing a lot of things. And uh, we welcome Chris back to the radio program. How are you, my friend? Now, be back with you. now you have um, put together a lot of great music uh, over the years uh, with the Isley. Okay, there he is. We're going to get our guest with us. Uh, we are going to go to the telephones. We have got our guest joining us on the telephone, and uh, he is fantastic. I am uh, excited as punch to be able to talk to him today. Sean Patrick Traver is with us on the telephone. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Now, tell us about this book. You have a fantastic, fantastic book. Uh, we spoke with you several months ago about Wraith Ladies Who Lunch, but uh, you've got a brand new book. Tell us about it, my man. Uh, I do. It is called Bruja Chica, The Education of a Witch. Uh, in brief, it is about the ghost of a uh, century-old necromancer who currently lives in the body of a black cat, and he's uh, teaching a young orphan to be a witch. Fantastic stuff. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. And um, so so tell us a little bit about the writing process for this book. Uh, well, it's been a long and complicated process. Uh, we're putting it out as a series of eight little novellas, uh, sort of like Stephen King's uh, The Green Mile, if you remember that one. Um, yes, yeah, as far as the yes. Uh, there was a lot of research involved in L.A. history, uh, a lot of research into the cult and witchcraft. 
that sort of thing. I like to present, um, you know, as realistic a portrait of the occult as I can. Um, but it's also a lot of fun. There's humor in it. Yeah, it's, uh, and we're going to be putting it out uh, one, one episode per month for the next couple of months. Fantastic. It is a uh, great time to talk with a uh, great author with us today. Sean Patrick Traver joins us here on our broadcast. Now, take us through the writing process for this book. Take us through the writing process? Well, I pretty much start at the start and go to the end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Along the way. Um, Yeah, certainly. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of reading involved always. Uh, Plot plot and character are pretty much inextricable for me, so once I figure out who the characters are and what they want to do, the plot just sort of unfolds. Sean Patrick Traver with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. He's a returning guest. The last time we chatted with him, he's got a great book called Wraith Ladies Lunch. But uh, today we are talking about uh, Just in Time for Halloween. Brand new book out October 29th. It's called Fat Lady Sings. It's set in his unique, dark, urban fantasy world set in Los Angeles. And uh, 18 Wheels of Science Fiction Anthology that he's part of. Now, um, your writing revolves around a lot of locations in L.A. Can you talk about some of the haunted places in, in Hollywood that you've discovered? Oh, there are lots of haunted places in Hollywood. Uh, you know, the famous comedy store is, is said to be haunted. Um, uh, apparently there was a mafia hit uh, back in the 40s or 50s in that building. Apparently there are mafia ghosts uh, that haunt the comedy store. The Hollywood sign itself is famously haunted by uh, the ghost of Peg Ant Whistle, who committed suicide um, uh, off one of the letters, uh, I believe it was the H, back in the 30s. Um, yeah, there's almost no end to ghosts uh, <laughs> around, wow. around the Los Angeles area. The Fantasia's Theater, uh, I understand, is, is said to be haunted uh, by a patient who died in the balcony at some point, and I think that was in the 20s or 30s as well. It's Yeah, there, there are ghosts everywhere you go, it seems like. We've got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, and... Um, What's the scariest or freakiest thing you can tell us about, my friend? Scariest thing uh, that I can tell you about, other, you know, other than the news. <laughs> I'm really uh, here in Los Angeles. Um, let's see, the scariest or freakiest thing. Uh, you know, uh, the, the oldest ghost that uh, I'm aware of here in Los Angeles was found uh, at the La Brea Tar- Well, not a ghost necessarily, but the oldest um, body found at the La Brea Tar- was a murder victim from 9,000 years ago which I've always found to be particularly fascinating. Yeah, they've only found one set of human remains in the La Brea Tar Pit. Fantastic. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. Sean Patrick Traver joins us. He's got his brand-new featured anthology, and he joins us today here on our big podcast. Now, talk about this new book. Why does the fat lady sing? <laughs> the fat lady, a uh, bit of a spoiler, uh, the fat lady is a succubus, uh, a ghost that feeds on sexual energy. Uh, and uh, as part of the plot, she is, uh, is deployed to take on the bad guy. And also, I like starting the, the beginning of a series with the fat lady sings, you know, the traditional ending of something. So just yes, a little indeed. reversal there. We have got a, a great guest with us today. Sean Patrick Traber joins us today. He's got a brand new anthology. It is out everywhere. He is fantastic. And uh, he was with us a few months back, uh, several months back. We talked about Wraith Ladies Lunch. And now we're talking about an incredible, incredible book. Now, um, you're a contributor for the 18 Wheels of Science Fiction Anthology. Tell us about that. Uh, I am a contributor to 18 Wheels of Science Fiction, which I'm really excited about. It's uh, publisher Eric Miller's follow-up to 18 Wheels of Horror, which was uh, a, the, their trucking-themed uh, short story anthology. Uh, this is my first uh, science fiction story that, I, that I'm publishing, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of it. 
We've it got comes a, out uh, November fourth. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We have yeah. got a uh, great guest with us today. Joins us live here in a broadcast. Sean Patrick Traver with us. He joins us live here on the telephone. Now, what can we expect from you in the future? Uh, in the future, well, there's going to be seven more volumes of uh, Brew at Chica, uh coming out on a monthly basis. Um, and then I've got a couple novels in the works, uh, possibly a screenplay venture. <laughs> but, you know, those are always iffy. But uh, I, I definitely will have uh, more novels in the Temple Tree and Tower series and hopefully another science fiction novel. We've got a great guest with us today. Sean Patrick Traver joins us. He joined us several months back with his uh, great book, Wraith Ladies Lunch, and now he's back with Fat Lady Sings, and he joins us here on our big broadcast. Now, where can people find your books, um, find you online, all these things? Uh, you can find my books on Amazon. It's always the easiest. Uh, if you're here in Los Angeles, you can find them on the shelf at the Iliad Bookshop, where uh, I also work. Um, you can find me online You can find at my website, which is just seanpatricktraver.com. I'm on Facebook at Sean Patrick Traver Author and uh, Instagram at Sean Patrick Traver. So uh, if you can remember my name at all, you can find me online. We have got Sean Patrick Traver joining us today here in a broadcast, coast to coast, border to border. I'll tune in iTunes, Radio Loyalty. He's got the Fat Lady Sings. It's an amazing, amazing book. Now, give us a thumbnail sketch of the plot of the book and a closer look at some of the main characters of Fat Lady Sings. Uh, the main character in Fat Lady Sings is Tom Delgado, who uh, was a native Californian who died more than 100 years ago, and he has uh, survived across time by inhabiting the bodies of successive cats. Uh, early in the 20th century, he meets a young orphan uh, named Leah, and decides that she is worthy of uh, the magical secrets he has to teach. And they embark on a program of training as, uh, as she grows up. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, Sean Patrick Traver. He's got the Fat Lady Sings, and he joins us today here on our big broadcast. Now, your book is stealing the hearts of reading enthusiasts everywhere. What elements did you draw upon to develop some of the main characters? Uh, you know, my background here in the San Fernando Valley. I'm a native of uh, Los Angeles. I live here in the Valley, which is um, a little bit north of Los Angeles proper. Uh, it's where a lot of the... It, it's sort of this... Um, if you think of Los Angeles and Hollywood, the Valley is kind of the back lot. It's, uh, it's, it's where a lot of the technical people live. It's where a, a lot of the studios are. And, um, you know, I was inspired by... Uh, what we have out of here are a lot of uh, landscaping nurseries. There's a... Um, and they're like these secret gardens that just pop up in the middle of industrial neighborhoods. And I've always found them fascinating. I found the idea of a character who lived in such a place, who made her home there, uh, as a witch living on the on sort of the edge of uh, education. That's where that idea for Leah and Tom came from. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big program, Coast to Coast, Bowler to Bowler on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. Fat Lady Sings, the author, Sean Patrick Traver, with us today. Now, what kind of reactions have you been getting to the book so far? I've been getting really good reactions so far. Uh, Fat Lady Sings just came out today, so I've only had a few preliminary reactions to that. Uh, Race Lady Through Lunch, which you mentioned, my, my previous book has gotten really great reactions. I, I hear from readers pretty frequently, and... Uh, yeah, people respond to that one really well. So I'm hoping for the same with uh, with uh, Fat Lady Things here. We've got a great guest with us today, Sean Patrick Traver, with us today. He joins us live. Fat Lady Sings is the latest from him. Now give us the profile of the typical reader who's going to love your book. Uh, the typical reader who's going to love my book is somebody who uh, probably enjoys uh, Neil Gaiman and Stephen King, uh, writers like that. Uh, there's a bit of humor for uh, people who enjoy Terry Pratchett. Uh, I'm a big Elmore Leonard fan myself, so there's a little bit of... Uh, a crime element, a little bit of an underworld element always involved. 
um, yeah, if you're a fan of those kind of guys, I, I think you'll enjoy what I'm doing. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, Sean Patrick Traver. He's got Bat Lady Sings. It's the latest from Yam. And uh, can we look forward to uh, a, a, another novel like this soon, my friend? Well, absolutely. I've got a couple things in the works, uh, doing research and writing things right now. Uh, they're going to be you know, available as soon as, I can, uh, as soon as I can make them what they need to be. Good stuff. It's Sean Patrick Traver. He's with us today here on a broadcast. He's got Fat Lady Sings. It is the latest from him. Now, who's your target audience here? Uh, my target audience is, uh, you know, uh, general kind of fantasy, horror, sci-fi readership. Um, I'm never entirely sure exactly what category I should fit into, but that's what it says on the aisle of the bookstore where my books go. It says horror, fantasy, sci-fi, so <laughs> I'm happy with that label. Um, yeah, and I do, of course, have my first science fiction story coming out uh, just next week. So, yeah, uh, genre fans, I think of my, uh, who, yeah, I think that's my target audience. We've got Sean Patrick Traber with us today. He's got a great book. It's called Fat Lady Six. He joins us today. He and a broadcast. Now, why do you think this book will appeal to readers? I'm sorry, what's that? Why do you think that this book will appeal to readers? Oh, I got you. Um, well, partially because uh, of the season. It's a little bit creepy. It's perfect for October and Halloween, but it's also got a heart to it. Um, there's a... Uh, you know, a deep and personal relationship between these two characters that grows over the subsequent volumes. And I, and I do think that readers will get really attached to that. I know I have in, in terms of writing them. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. we got to take a break and uh, get to our next guest. But thanks for being with us, Sean. Appreciate it, my man. It's, it's a real pleasure. I appreciate being here. Thank you, my friend. There goes Sean Patrick Traver. We're going to take a time out. about time is its continued progress of existence, and with it, the changes it brings. With this progress comes freedom of expression through various art forms. Now ask yourself this question. If you could speak your mind without uttering a single word, what would you say? At Idiosyncratic Tendencies, we love seeing our customers express themselves through our peculiar thought-provoking clothing designs and embracing their uniqueness. After all, we live in an age of freedom of expression, so why not embrace it? Idiosyncratic Tendencies, a brand for the free and opinionated soul. Visit us today at www.sensiotrends.store. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. It's an amazing, amazing volunteer fire company, the Beach Haven Volunteer Fire Company. They're located on the southern end of Long Beach Island, New Jersey. Volunteering since 1883, they are the most volunteer fire company in Ocean County, averaging around 330 calls per year, ranging from structure fires to water and ice rescues to fire alarms. Learn about their history, upcoming events, latest fire calls, and even buy Beach Haven Fire Company swag in their online store, including shirts, hoodies, drinkware, and more. They offer free shipping on all orders. BeachHavenFire.com Or if you're looking for a place to hold a private party, the Seahorse Room is a recently renovated event space available to rent year-round for your wedding reception, birthday party, or any other occasion. Check out their website. More information is available there at BeachHavenFire.com. BeachHavenFire.com. Check out the website, BeachHavenFire.com. 
Are you missing teeth? Do you cover your mouth for pictures? You can have the perfect smile you've always dreamed of and a smile that you will be proud of for just a fraction of the cost of expensive dental implants. Find this incredible and affordable dental implant alternative at MyDentalWig.com. Dental implants are very expensive and can cost as much as $12,000 for just three teeth. The Dental Wig is an incredible alternative. They will come to you and you never have to go to a dental office or anything. They will take several impressions, five trips out, and you will have that perfect smile. Learn more at MyDentalWig.com. The greatest thing about time is its continued progress of existence and with it, the changes it brings. With this progress comes freedom of expression through various art forms. Now ask yourself this question. If you could speak your mind without uttering a single... And there's Dan Perkins. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. And yourself, Jim? Pretty good, actually. We have got uh, Dan Perkins with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast. And uh, we have got a lot of topics to cover with Dan. Because uh, oh. I'll tell you, there's been a lot going on in the news for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Dan Perkins joins us today here in a broadcast. First of all, last week we had these uh, these these pipe bombs and these, these things being sent through the mail. Um, what did you make of all this, my friend? Well, first of all, let me say to you that you fell into the trap of everybody that I talked to last week. They used two words that um, were not, in fact, true. Yes. The the first word that they uh, used extensively was the word bombings. Yes. There were no no bombings. Yeah, nothing went off. (laughs) And the second word, which is the word you used, is pipe. Yes. There wasn't any pipe. It was plastic tubing. <laughs> so you need you need the pipe, the word pipe, meaning metal. You need the pipe to have the explosion, explosionary material on the inside to add some resistance so that the pressure builds up so that the bomb will explode and do a lot of damage. But plastic doesn't get that. And he made his bombs out as plastic pipe or plastic tubing not metal tubing or metal pipe so he didn't really make pipe bombs he made plastic bombs yes but that the media by and large the media especially the left-wing media doesn't know how to distinguish between the two bombing or bombs and pipe bombs versus plastic bombs (laughs) Uh, uh, there is one thing, one particular thing that happened last week in this incident, which um, disturbs me a great deal, and I have been thinking about it ever since it happened. And um, I don't know what to do about it yet, but I'm still cogitating on it. Uh, we had a gentleman who says he is a presidential historian. And he made a statement yes. last week on, I believe, on CNN that the similarity of the pipe bombs used this past week reminded him of the similarity to the Lincoln assassination. Um, what bothered me about that, Jim, is that there is virtually no comparison. For example, the the plastic bombs that were sent in the mail 
never reach their final destination. Hillary and Bill Clinton were never in danger. Barack and Michelle Obama were never in in danger. Everybody who supposedly, quote, received a bomb never really received him because it never made it there. It was intercepted by the Postal Service. So nobody was really in danger. To equate that to what um, happened in the Lincoln assassination when Seward, the Secretary of State, in the chain of of replacement, along with the Vice President, were to be attacked and killed, along with other members of the Cabinet, in the line of succession, uh, they never got to Andrew Johnson. They did get to Seward and almost killed him, and and dismem- and, and and brutalized him and disfigured him for the rest of his life. Um, how anybody can call himself or herself a presidential historian and make that comparison of those plastic bombs intercepted by the Postal Service? to no sitting president or member of the president's cabinet, to the Lincoln assassination, is unprofessional, unethical, and it's a lie. So uh, I I think he has demeaned himself and uh, trying to, to sell that bill of goods that there was a comparison between the two because... There is no, a president died in the Lincoln assassination. There was no president in danger of being killed in this attack. And they never got anywhere near the president, the former presidents, plural. Uh, and and so I, I just thought it was uh, irresponsible. And I've been trying to find out why this person is considering himself to be a presidential historian. So I was on my soapbox a little there, Jim. <laughs> hey, that's fine. It is uh, Dan Perkins with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, and we're uh, we're talking, uh, at least in this segment here, about the uh, situation that went on last week with the multiple bombings. Uh, there there was a, a lot going on with that. Um, mm-hmm. There, there seems to be uh, a lot of conspiracy spread. Liberal voices were just as quick to pin the blame on Republicans without knowing anything about the bomber's identity or motives. Uh, what, what did you make of all that? You know, they, they were trying to blame it on Trump. Um, um, again, it, it seems to me, uh, and I would, I would genuinely solicit your input on this issue, it seems to me that there that everything that happens in this country, the left has to add a political agenda to it. Yes. The 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 horrific shooting in the synagogue last Saturday, where eleven people were killed, four policemen were injured. The left wing media is blaming Trump for it. Now I heard this late this morning that the the rabbi in charge of that congregation was asked that uh, there was a story going around that Donald Trump wanted to come and visit the congregation. And so a reporter asked the, the rabbi in charge of the congregation whether or not they would accept President Trump coming to visit and to pay his respects to the congregation. And the, pre- and the rabbi said, This is what he said. First of all, Donald Trump is my president. 
and my president is welcome here anytime he wants to come. So we would That's love awesome. to have him come and and share our sorrow. Got the wrong answer as it relates to the mainstream media. Uh, he gave him the wrong answer. They expected him to blame it on Mr. Trump. It's it's hard to believe when a person is actually saying that they hate Donald Trump. The hate that's built up in their body to say that it's responsible. Donald Trump was responsible for the action. It's just another example of the the mainstream media going off the deep end and offending Jim, I believe, offending the sensibilities of the vast majority of Americans. What do you think? Uh, I completely agree with, and, and, and you said it better than I would have. <laughs> I'll have to say that. <laughs> but it's your show, so. Well, I'll tell you, you, you are very eloquent, my friend. I, I, I will have to put that. that, that that's no wonder that you're writing for every blog and magazine in existence. Uh, the great Dan Perkins joins us today. He's an Islamic historian, terrorism analyst, contributor to TheHill.com, as well as many others. How many blogs and magazines do you write for? Somewhere between 15 and 20. Good Lord. It's a hell of a that doesn't deal. Count, that doesn't count my radio and TV appearances. Yes, yes. Which would be run between 40 and 60 a month. Now, uh, Dan Perkins joins us today here in our broadcast. And um, so, what, what, what did you make of some of the some of the weird reports when when people started talking about these 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 bombs that 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 went and mailed and were, were sent out, where people were like, "Oh, well, they, they they've got Islamic flags on them." <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, well, the, what we learned about this guy is he can't spell very well. He can't make bombs. In fact, his timing mechanism was never connected to his plastic bomb, so there was never a chance of it going off. Um, I thought the, the most surprising thing that I heard on the radio last week when this all was on, the, how much people didn't trust the Democrats, that they thought this was a ploy to uh, try and influence the, the midterm election. Uh, I was just blown away how how cynical some people in this country are about what happens and and the Democrats' involvement to to really create that opportunity to uh, to try and uh, influence the election. And but, see, that's that's another thing. Uh, is is it just because with with the last election, Hillary was doing all sorts of crazy things, and the fact that at at the end of the day, everyone who said that she was railroading Bernie towards the nomination. Everything was proven correct. Is that why people thought, oh, this is all just a big Democratic stunt? I think that there's there's probably some truth to what you're saying there. However, I do believe that uh, Donald Trump has seriously questioned the integrity and the objectivity of the American mainstream press. And I think... In, in some respects, he's responsible for that degree of skepticism uh, that we saw last week when so many people were wondering if this was a democratic ploy to try and influence the election. Um, I think that if Donald Trump had not been um, so uh, vociferous in his attacks for two years or longer on the press, we might have had a different outcome. Um, it was interesting, speaking about that particular situation, um, 
I have talked to you at many times on your show, and I've written many times about what I believe was the Democratic playbook that had been in, in Washington for close to 40 years. And every time a Republican congressman, senator, or president came into office, he was or she was given a copy of the playbook of how they are to to respond when the Democrats attack them. And they are supposed to sit there and not respond. They're not supposed to fight back. And I've been talking about that playbook for at least two to three years. And um, I'm startly, finally starting to hear people on the right in the news media talking about that, quote, the, the, the Democratic playbook. It was this past weekend. And that that the, the, the reason why um, things are going on the way they are is that the Republicans are taking the lead from Donald Trump. They're no longer, they're not following the playbook. I, I say to people, let me give you two examples, I'll give you an example of the Democratic playbook in play. Now, just follow where I'm going, Jim. The House Judiciary, or excuse me, the Senate Judiciary Committee under the Constitution has the responsibility to provide advice and counsel to the President on the selection of certain cabinet officers and high-ranking positions within the government, which meant that the Judiciary Committee had to vet, if you would, Judge Kavanaugh, and then they would report out favorably or unfavorably to the full Senate for the Senate to do its constitutional duty to vise and give consent to the president. Under the Democratic playbook, when Chuck Schumer in Time magazine said that he believed the sheer accusations against Judge Kavanaugh should cause him to recuse himself, and under the Democratic playbook, that would have happened. Now, look at the hearing, Jim. We had 11 Republican senators, and what did they do? They decided not to go after Dr. Ford and turned over 100% of their questioning to this hired gun they brought in from Arizona, this woman prosecutor. So they decided that under the Democratic playbook, they could not afford to attack this poor woman, Dr. Ford, so they brought in a hired gun to do it. But when Judge Kavanaugh was attacked, Judge Kavanaugh also didn't follow the playbook. When he started being attacked by the senators on the Democratic Party, under the playbook, he should have recused himself. He did not, nor did Donald Trump take ever waver in his support. So they screwed up the Democratic playbook and ultimately got him in position to be approved by the full committee and by the full Senate. So it's it's what's going on is that the playbook of the Democratic Party is under serious amount of pressure. Whether it will ever have the power it used to, I don't know. I don't think so. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, Coast to Coast and Boulder to Boulder. It's Dan Perkins, and uh, he's with us today here on the broadcast. Now, um, Dan, how's uh, how's your books doing? They're doing well. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm working on my 
newest novel, which is a departure for me in that I'm trying to write in a new genre. And that's a, that's a, a book that a lot of people who have heard about it are anxiously awaiting for it to come out. And it's really hard, Jim, when you're writing for all those blogs and stuff and then doing all the interviews to really find the time to sit down and write. Um, but it's coming along. Um, I'm at 124 chapters. Um, my chapters, as you may know, or your audience may not know, are relatively short, between 600 and 1,200. Um, the title of the book is Abraham Lincoln and the Second Assassin. And um, I wrote on it this morning a little bit. Uh, my target was to try and have the first draft completed by the end of this year. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I'm going to I'm, I'm going to try. But I'm looking for a 2019 release, and people tell me that they've read it. That it's a very intriguing uh, story. Uh, just to give you a little highlight, I give you the the prologue. The prologue starts out in 1857 in Manchester, England. Manchester, England is the textile capital of the world. They are the largest importer of southern cotton in the world. And the wow. Textile Merchants Association are meeting in, in, in Manchester and they're talking about what's going on in the United States, more specifically about the Missouri Compromise, which has preserved their cotton, at least for now. And they decide they need to send some people to live in the United States and follow what's going on, uh, and especially they need to begin to follow this this Illinois individual who is being talked about as a possible presidential candidate in in 1860, Abraham Lincoln. So we roll forward to 1862, and in 1862 they're meeting again. And by 1862, Lincoln has been elected president. The South has seceded from the Union. The North has an embargo on cotton. Cotton's gone from three cents a pound to a dollar eighty-seven cents a pound, and you can't get it. So the textile mills are collapsing because there is no work because there's no cotton. And the merchants are meeting again, and this time, the head of the Merchants Association stands and says, I want to introduce you to Ian McKenzie. We have hired him to go to the United States and assassinate the president so we can bring this war to an end and start getting our cotton again. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Dan Perkins joins us here in our broadcast. And uh, Another story I want to get your thoughts on, my friend, is uh, sure. Brazil is on course to usher in a new era of hard-right politics with uh, yep. this election. Uh, what do you make of all this? Well, um, I, I would say to you, Jim, that that's an interesting story. But if you want to talk about... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.